Ready, it's your all about Windows Phone Insight Podcast. We're up to number seven the way we're counting them. It's probably 10 or 11 in your RSS feed. And we're recording this on Wednesday, the 14th of December. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. I'm still Ewan Spence in the host's chair and still with the title of host. The titles of my three fellow compatriots and voices in this wonderful voyage of discovery of what's been happening in the last week of Windows Mobile. Well, they're going to tell me if they still have their titles from last week or have come up with something even more exciting. Uh, we will also be asking them a question on this week's politics, so let's hope they're on their toes. And we'll start, I think, with Steve Litchfield. Steve, last week you were our special guest star. What are you this week? Well, in the Christmas theme, I'm one of the wise men. I hope that's right, appropriate. Okay, so which present do you have with you then? Gold, frankincense, or myrrh? Gold. Gold, right. Spando Valley fan? No, just gold-plated everything. Good, that's that's why you're still on the podcast, because we're Duran Duranites. There we go. Uh, Right then, Rafe. Rafe Blanford, of course, is the man who keeps us all under control at the website. Rafe, last week we had you as editor. Are we still going to be editor? Or at least I tried to keep you under control. Yes, I'm still the editor, but I think I'm an editor elf this week, and I'll be specially removing you as mention of Windows Mobile and replacing it with Windows Phone. Ooh, that's why we call him the editor. Uh, and David, David Gilson up there and Hull, the open source stuntman. Still yes, the open source stuntman? Yes, um, just just like Colt Seavers for Fall Guy. I'll, I'll be the Fall Guy on this podcast. And, and Farrah um, Fawcett Majors in Charlie's Angels or Farrah Fawcett Majors in that other film she did in the 80s? Yes, um, I, I could be doing worse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, I have to say, I'm using Windows Mods just for the sake of Windows Phone, and I really can't do without a bash terminal. Yeah, so you're using Windows and you're calling yourself the fault guy. Yep, subtle. Okay, right then. Uh, as always, we're going to have a rattle through the news of the week here uh, for all about Windows Phone. We're going to be getting our recommendations for our applications. We will be digging out the amazing theme tune that David has selected for us this week, uh, and we'll have some discussion points on Microsoft slowly expanding into other mobile operating systems. All that and more coming up with at least three fluffs from me and none from Rafe and all the ones from Steve edited out. Let's start off uh, with the news. Rafe, uh, let's go dragging it on this one now. Just the facts. There's been a bit of a bug found in Microsoft's Windows Phone, hasn't there? That's right. One of the readers of uh, winrumors.com got in touch with a site to talk about uh, a bug that was a specifically formatted SMS message that when the phone received it would cause the phone to crash and then when you rebooted the phone and tried to open messaging again, it would cause it to, uh, the messaging application to crash. And so it's obviously uh, quite an annoying bug because it takes out SMS functionality. We've actually seen these malformatted SMS text messages cause problems on other phones. But as far as I'm aware, this is the first time it's happened on Windows Phone. Microsoft have actually acknowledged the bug and saying they're working to get a bug fix out as quickly as possible. And the official line, and this is actually coming from uh, the blogger The Verge, uh, Greg Sullivan, Senior Product Manager for Windows Phone Division, said, We're aware of the issue and our engineering teams are examining it now. Once we have more details, we'll take appropriate action to help ensure customers are protected. So I think that means we can expect to see an update issued uh, in the not-too-distant future. Uh, in terms of the risk to this at the moment, it's probably pretty low because it is a it will be a very specifically formatted SMS message. It's not something that you could very easily fake or get by accident. 
what it actually is in an SMS message. You have various other bits outside the content of it. And if they become malformed, that's when you get the problem, or at least that's been the case on other platforms because the details of this haven't been released. So um, I wouldn't be too worried about this at this point in time because obviously the information about how to do this isn't out in the public domain. So there's there's very low risk, but obviously it's something Microsoft will want to fix as soon as possible because obviously it's one of the very serious kinds of bugs that disables specific functionality on the phone. Uh, and it's fair to say that these bugs are the sort of thing that you cannot ever find in testing uh, because uh, if you, it, let's assume that it's three special Unicode characters. The, the, the number of combinations um, that you'd have to try to find that is, is is huge. And of course, it may also depend on what sort of state the, the phone is in at the time. It might only work if your phone is in offline and the volume is set to three settings. It, I mean, all platforms have this. We've, we've seen this with, with Android. We've seen this with iOS. We've seen this with Symbian as well. It's just the nature of a very big, complicated system, right? And, and we shouldn't read anything nefarious into it, should we? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I'd always say that it's possible to design unit tests that test for everything but obviously there is a question of diminishing returns and as i say this isn't you know like a, a text message that says auntie viv says hello um this is something that's uh, deliberately malformed um and so it's not something you would necessarily come across in date well you wouldn't come across it in day-to-day -day usage and and therefore it's quite difficult to test for i mean you might make an argument that um the you know, application itself should have been had an extra thing in to you know check for these kind of errors and not let them happen but uh, as you you rightly intimate that actually this has been a problem on i think every mobile phone major smartphone platform and indeed on quite a few feature phone platforms as well so uh, i wouldn't get too excited about this and certainly i wouldn't read anything into it in terms of the uh, security of the platform itself there's actually really in all honesty more about the security of sms and sort of the structure and the way that that's set up more than anything else i'd say so there we go we'll uh, move on now uh, to more happier things i think steve uh, you've been sitting with the nokia 800 lumia a uh, two-power review um on essentially the optics of the device the camera but specifically you've been looking at the video camera functionality this week so um it's only 720p is that is that a loss to to the lumia community Absolutely not. As I said in the in the review, I think that the vast majority of people really would not appreciate the difference between um, 720p and 1080p. Most people don't when they actually look at phone shot videos, they're looking at them on the phone screen or at most the computer screen. The number of people who actually shoot videos on a phone and view them over, you know, HDMI or similar, or, or somehow transcode them or move them across to a, a large 50-inch screen TV to watch them there are very, very, very small. Also, of course, 1080p uses a lot more um, bytes in terms of file size. You end up with far, far larger video files. So I think 720p is a good choice. I think Microsoft obviously need to have the facility for more so that manufacturers who want to build in that into future handsets can do. But by default, Microsoft actually um, defaults uh, the video capture in Windows Phone to, to VGA, <laughs> 640 by 480 pixels, which sounds very old school. I think most people will want to um, ch change that to 720p and then save settings. And then they're basically good to go. The, the Lumia 800 is just the right size, really, for video capture, by which I mean it's not a sort of huge uh, five-inch super phone that you have to sort of manhandle and look very, very strange waving it about in the street. It's just the right size, just the right weight. Um, the, the quality is really rather good. The continuous autofocus works very well. You saw in my sample clip that it, it didn't falter very often. And for most people, they can just wave this around 
um, and with a bit of care, they can get some pretty good amateur um, film footage. Uh, uh, I would, Karen. I was going to say, you said amateur footage. Uh, two or three quick tips for someone like me um, for, for, for making better <laughs> video as well. Okay, two or three quick tips. Well, the obvious one I keep saying to, to you and to others is to make sure you're not trying to shoot in ridiculously low light conditions. Every camera, especially one with a focusing system, needs light. It needs light in order to be able to tell what it's looking at, in order to be able to focus. And the continuous autofocus needs a reasonable level. Having said that, I got some reasonably good footage indoors. Um, the main tip I would say is about actually, I say you can wave this thing around while capturing video. I don't actually mean wave it around you and I don't mean attach it to the handlebars of your bicycle and then cycle it up and down the Edinburgh Hills um, because that will be jolting all over the place. I mean, you can wave it around, but try and keep it as smooth as possible. And also when you, you, you as you pan the, the, the Lumia or any other really Windows um, camera phone around a scene, pan three or four times slower than you think you can need to. What, what the speed at which you're panning round uh, as you look at the phone, um, you think, well, that, that should be about right. When you actually look at the footage and the speed at which the scenery is moving past the viewfinder, you think, oh, that was way too fast. So pan slowly, keep the phone as still as possible when you can so that the focus, the continuous autofocus, does get a chance to latch on properly, and then that will set the focus right for the rest of the scene. And whenever you do change the subject, you know, drastically, for example, switching down from a shot of Edinburgh Castle down to your daughter, who's uh, one metre away, then just hold it still on the new subject just for a couple of set seconds, make sure the continuous autofocus has got the lock, and then just then you can ca carry on happily just panning slowly and looking around the scene from there. So uh, will that do? It will, yes. Uh, and if we had a, a scale uh, and at one end we put um, a red 4K uh, camera that's used to film you know, the latest Michael Bay film, and at the other end we put, I don't know, a, a Kodak DC1 video camera, where does the, the 800 Lumia's video recording sort of fit in the scale? Is it, is it average? Is it above average? Where, where, where would you place it in, in context? Well, without wishing to go anywhere near Michael Bay, um, for obvious reasons, <laughs> I would put... It, it, to be honest, all phone shot video, and I include even the video from the likes of the N8 and the video from the Symbian smartphones here, even that, excellent though that is, I mean, and, and the Lumia 800's video capture is not as good as most of the sim capture on the EDOF cameras in the Symbian phones, for reasons I won't go into here. Um, even all of this, good though it often is for amateur footage, is nowhere near the, the quality you'll get from a really good camcorder with a proper focusing system where you can manually set a focus and you get proper depth of field and video mode, etc., etc., and you get smoothness and much higher bit rates. Um, this is the footage the Lumia and the Titan, all the others produce, is, is really very, very good. And if you were to show people this footage from 2000, say that came from 2005 up to 2011, saw this footage, they think, wow that must have been shot on something really expensive. And you say, no, this was shot on my phone. And they say, wow, that, that's just a huge leap forward. I was looking, guys, at um, some archive um, film footage I took on, I think it was a Nokia N70, Rafe. This is uh, running Sim S60 back in the day, what, 2005? And at the time, I was quite happy with that. And I think it was something like, it was either quarter VGA footage or 352 by 416 pixels, some, some, some really rather low resolution. And at some appallingly low bit rate, the audio was terrible. The the everything on everything on screen was covered in artifacts. And I thought, how on earth was I happy with this? And to go from that to the current 720p, really rather excellent, really rather clear footage on the Lumia 800 and the other Windows Phone handsets, is just a huge, huge leap forward. So I think I think we most people will be very, very happy. Just the 
I use it for semi-pro use and things like the phone show, but then that's that's under special conditions. I'm applying extra lighting. I've got a nice background. I'm mounting the phone on a tripod. But even there, you can still tell it wasn't shot in a proper film studio. So there we go. If you want to read Steve's in-depth and comprehensive review uh, on the video modes, also the picture-taking mode, and uh, Rafe's look at uh, the 800, it's told all about windowsphone.com, and have a look under the features section. It's not just Nokia. Uh, there's been other improvements coming up in the camera stuff. HTC have given up some updates on their camera applications. David, you've been having a look at these with your HTC equipment. What's the story on these ones? Okay, the story is is the uh, it's only the HTC Radar and Titan they have been updated to version one point five of the um, camera modes application. Now, this isn't an application that you can get from the application list. It's it's built into the camera application, and it's one of the value adds that HTC put onto their phones. Now, it actually, in a sense, it's a bit of a non-story because it wasn't clearly documented what the update was actually there to do, but I think it's a good r opportunity to remind people what you actually get on, on the HTC camera application. And that is primarily two features being panorama mode and bear shots. And bear shots does a, a quick sh burst of five pictures, so you can get a, a, a very like quick capture of time. And the panorama mode, it takes three pictures and, and very expertly stitches them together, and it gives you a, a nice little guide on the screen so you can rotate your camera and just line up as a circle that you line up with dots al along the sort of the plane of rotation that you're going to take the panorama and, and I've tested this out and it, it works very nicely um, so it's, it's just interesting to note the um, different features that you get added from different manufacturers in Windows Phone without breaking the user experience. So here's a question for you David is is this application from HTC enough for you to stay with the HTC devices rather than move to, say, one of the Samsungs or potentially the ZTEs when they make it over to the UK? That's a very good question. I mean, it's always handy to have. I mean, to have a panorama mode. I'm not so in, in how I use a camera. I'm not so bothered about having bare shots. Although in practice. I, I think these are two features which I, I rarely use. As I say, the panorama is just nice to have. So, no, I don't think it would engender a great deal of brand loyalty in me. Uh, Steve, same question to you, because I know you've had a, your hands on the <laughs> HTC as, as well with these ones, and you are the photo geek, let's be honest here. I yeah. mean, same question. Is, is this enough for you to, to put HTC ahead of, of Nokia, for example? Um, not really. I mean, I, I panorama photo... Uh, taking facility is a bit of a, a gimmick if I'm honest I've taken a few tests in my time most people have played with the, the sort of software and I've said oh that's pretty that's cool and they've produced this wonderful 5,000 pixel wide panorama JPEG that they've never ever used anywhere and never printed out and never, very few people have ever seen um, so, so <laughs> doing panoramas is really a very very niche activity burst modes I guess are a bit more useful for things like school sports days and catching action moments um, but most people again most of the time they're going to take the photo they want at the time they want to take it I it's a, it's a nice to have I wouldn't buy an HTC phone purely for that just as I wouldn't buy uh, maybe a Nokia smartphone purely for Nokia mixed radio that's that's on that sort of level so there we go. Maybe it's just sort of bubbling under, but there's still no must-have applications in the built-in suites yet. Now, back in February the 11th, uh, those of you who are watching Nokia uh, and watching all the announcements realize that's when they made the big announcement on Windows Phone. 
Most people thought if they got one phone out in limited numbers before December the 31st, they would be doing well. Uh, as we know now, the 800 is doing incredibly well and in more than single digit numbers. Rafe, they've managed a second handset and it's now shipping two before the end of the year. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yes, that's right, Ewan. The Nokia 710 is their second Windows phone device and it's now now shipping, having been uh, launched at Nokia World at the same time as the Nokia 800. I mean, not, not surprisingly, it's been rather put into the shade by the sort of more expensive and, frankly, the better-looking device. Although I will say about the 710, although the uh, materials are different, it's not that polycarbonate casing. Instead, it's a more traditional plastics and glass. It's still very well put together, but obviously it's, it is lower-cost materials. And the one big difference that you'll notice, I think, is probably the screen, which is uh, LCD IPS as opposed to AMOLED. They do still have the uh, CBD in there, uh, which is good because that means it's decent in outside conditions. But the screen doesn't have the vibrancy or quite the bounce as the Lumia 800. But that's, you know, the price you pay for having uh, a lower cost device. The other things that people will probably notice are the reduced memory from 16 to 8 gigs and the camera going from 8 to 5 megapixels. But in purely functional terms, the 710 can do everything that the 800 can do in, in terms of the internal like processor. Uh, and RAM, it's in fact exactly the same. And so actually, I think it offers really good value for money. The pricing of this is 270 euros. That's 230 pounds or 360 dollars. That's before taxes and subsidies. But I would say that this is a launch price. So I'd expect that to um, go down in time. And um, this is essentially the cheapest Windows phone device to have launched so far. There is a ZTE Tanya that's available on SFR at a slightly lower price, but in terms of kind of the SIM-free and wide availability, uh, the 710 really is setting new ground for Windows Phone. Uh, as one of the things I think that's worth noting about this, the 710 is actually perhaps going to appeal more in some markets than others, and this is kind of reflected in the fact that Nokia actually launched it first, I think it was in uh, Taiwan, and they're then going to roll it out into uh, Hong Kong, Russia, and a few other markets, and it will then roll out globally after that um, and the first person who bought it actually said um, I've always had Nokia phones I wouldn't dream of switching to another brand I really like the color of this one and that was on Nokia Conversations <laughs> blog I actually think that was interesting because it does tell you something about the priority of you know what people consider when buying a phone color is all important and brand loyalty is important and actually I think the kind of options that Nokia brings to the Windows phone platform in terms of brand loyalty is really very significant has been largely underestimated so far but Talking also, of underestimated so far, Rafe, could I just put, point out a few things here? The 710, I mean, I, when I first handled this at Nokia World, I and probably most people thought, well, this is all a bit plastic and underwhelming com compared to the lovely 800. But um, taking away the, the show fingerprints from the floor and, and, and having a virgin device with it straight out of the box, um, I have to say there are several features which actually are, are slightly better. For example, it's lighter. Um, it's got um, the colors as you say so you can customize it it's got an, a battery that you can actually swap a new battery and the lumia 800 had this huge worrying factor over what happens when the battery starts to degrade after six months and is only holding you know, two-thirds its charge isn't that rather worrying you can't just slot in a new battery if your battery runs out you can't have a spare and slot it in at the end near the end of a busy day with the 710 you can just whack in another 1300 milliampere battery and you're good to go again for another day and a half um, so there's, there's quite a bit, I know the capacity is lower, 8 gigabytes, but most people, unless they really overdose on, on, on music, are just using this as a sort of 2011-2012 smartphone, accessing cloud surfaces and a bit of streaming music and a, a bit of local media maybe. I mean, they're not going to run out even at 8 gigabytes. So the 710, with all of these factors, it's actually got quite a bit going for it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I'd also mention the uh, three buttons at the bottom of the device. They're capacitive on the 800, but they're actually real physical buttons yes, or yes. Other, a, a button bar on the 710. I know a lot of people prefer that. So, you know, if you're, you know, step back from the kind of design of the phone um, and are more interested in getting a bit of value for money, yes, the 710 makes a very strong case. And I'd certainly agree with you about the amount of data you store on your phone. I think that comes down to probably uh, how much music you store on your phone because everything else you know apps you know you can get a couple of gigs of those and maybe a couple of gigs of um, photos um, but i think it's music and then potentially video as well that can really eat up the space so you know if you're look at your current patterns and find that you know you're not much over eight gigabytes well yes the 710 is a very realistic option as i said you know this is a this is a big price difference i mean i was surprised when Nokia announced just how big the price difference was and kind of the point I was going to make about launch prices was it is likely to, to come down. So as I say, £230 at the moment. And so, um, you know, with uh, that, that's probably nearer 250 uh, or more in the shops. I suspect it'll be around 275 actually uh, in the UK. But I would imagine that will fall down towards £200 pretty rapidly. And in, in that case, I think it provides a pretty compelling proposition um, because obviously it's then competing more with the mid-tier Android devices and uh, Windows Phone, I think, is a, a platform probably offers something of a, a premium in that mid-tier because of its simplicity, its integration with the social service and all of that, which is why Nokia and Microsoft have made such a big play of you know, getting these devices into the mid-tier. So the 710 is kind of the herald of things to come. I mean, I think there's room, room for improvement and we'll see lower cost devices in due course, especially as the sort of cheaper versions of the hardware platform get sorted out uh, next year. Um, but it does it does give uh, Nokia options, you know, as I said, it's launching in the, these different markets. And I think this definitely appeals to different people. And so um, in the language of business, what the 710 does is widens Nokia and Windows Phone's addressable market. And therefore, more devices get sold, which can only be good for the platform and Nokia itself as a whole. Yeah, and I've just been sat here listening to all these points and I just... T taking each of them further, I think especially VM capabilities and in internals versus the price does make it very compelling. And and also for the phone enthusiast who is brow browsing for devices on on eBay all the time, or, or looking for a present for, for a member of the family, um, uh, I mean a short while after launch, I mean you're probably going to be looking, you'd be able to get a SIM free. 710 for between 100 and 150 pounds on ebay which which is going to be amazing really um and just for other features i mean yes grit it's got a removable battery although i think we will absolutely have to have a removable battery and we'll probably be replacing it because my experience with windows phone devices so far has been on the htc's so i've had the radar mozart 7 Pro, and I would say really to have acceptable battery life, you really need a minimum of 14 to 1500 milliamp hours. So we're really going to have to get an extended battery in there to make it worthwhile. And I was complaining last week about having 8 gigabytes and saying it's restrictive. It is because on one hand, it would like to be able to have your music collection and not think about, oh, what am I going to have on it today or, so, or whatever. Although it does make you think about what you want to listen to. So uh, it's not all bad. Absolutely. I mean, as ever, it's always always a compromise. And the battery life one's an in, interesting one. I mean, Steve was talking about 
it sort of after you know nine months you need to replace it because two-thirds of its capacity is lost i don't think batteries are quite that bad these days they, they have come on and particularly when you're getting some of the higher quality manufactured batteries rather than anything third party they do tend to retain their ability to charge longer these days and i would say it's actually near the two-year mark but it does depend how you use your device and the yeah, other point yeah. Yeah, about the 710 is, of course, I wouldn't expect the people using it to necessarily use it in quite the same way as the 800. I would suggest that people may be slightly less intensive in their usage of it because, uh, you know, they're lower end users. That, that may not be fair. The opposite may be true. Uh, and so the lower capacity battery is less an issue for me. And of course, you know, the battery capacity is really always a trade-off between how big you make the device and how much capacity you put in. And I would say it should be enough to get through a day. But um, particularly, I think if you're coming from the Symbian world, the battery life on Windows phone device, and the same applies to iOS and Android, will shock you. Uh, for any other smartphone user, you know, it's pretty much uh, par for the course. Of course, with the 710, absolutely, yes, you can take it out and replace it. Um, I still think that's a relatively speaking a minority occupation and most people don't bother doing it just as they don't bother swatch, switching over um, you know, memory cards, which is why I've never been that bothered about the absence of a, a memory card. But you um, can take the battery out if something goes wrong that's, and put it back in again. Surely that's a fairly fundamental thing that newbies will want to do and they'll be frustrated on things like the iPhone and the Luma 800 where they can't do that. Well, that, that's true, but I would say about that, if you read the manual, it will tell you that if you hold down the power button or the lock <laughs> button for 10 seconds, it has exactly the same effect as removing the battery. And I wouldn't take um, people not reading the manual as a reason to uh, not do an integrated battery. But uh, I know we're not going to get agreement on this one because I have a slightly opposing stance to uh, to Steve, certainly. Um, but that's the point. You, you get a bit of a choice here. And I would always say I would rather have a couple of choices in the lineup. Uh, and actually, in Nokia's case, they, they need to get a few more devices out to sort of fill in some of the gaps in both form factor, but also the way they prioritize pricing versus features versus value, etc. Okay, well, just for a bit of fun, since um, we're kind of like power users and the idea of someone buying something based on its color makes us bulk, rather, um, the 710 does have interchangeable back covers. So I'm going to go around you all and, and ask, which which color are you going to put on your 710? So, Ewan. Uh, I'm going to have the black 710 because you have a choice of the front faces as well and the yellow cover at the back. I'm going to etch, etch a small face of an Autobot logo on the back with one of those heat stickers from the 80s, and I shall call it Bumblebee. Wow. Steve? <laughs> what are the three choices again? Color. Choose a color, Steve. No, you get, oh, you a, you get a choice between you have white or black on the front, then you can have white on the back or sort of cyan blue, red, yellow, black or white. I rather fancy a red back. I'll have white on the front and red on the back. That's, that will be shocking and uh, really stand out on a, on a crowded table. That's because you're a Sunderland fan, Steve, yes? Uh, well, I have a relative <laughs> who is, but no, not me, no. Riff? I, I don't know. I think I'd probably go for a, a blue one just to be different or maybe one that was all black. Yeah, I think David. I'll, what about you? I think I'll go for all black. I I, I just wish there was a like a or mango orange option, but I think I'll go for black and red or black and black. <laughs> and I I, ha I did actually talk to the product manager about this, and there's a whole range of extra back colours on the way. Some of the things like Angry Birds are going to be featured as well as uh, different colours. So just as they were kind of express on covers for Nokia phones in the past, if you shop around, I suspect we'll see quite a few of these getting uh, third party ones as well. 
And of course, if you're a, a mobile network that has a colour in its name, then I'm sure that there will be a brown-backed one for you as well, just so you can carry on with that one. Okay, a couple of quickies. Uh, let's about Xbox Live. It's been a little bit quiet in November, but there's uh, four games in the space of seven days to go through. Uh, we have Hasted Lumerts, which was released last week, uh, which we're going to be reviewing on the site shortly. If it's not up uh, by the time this podcast goes up, then keep an eye on it back at All About Windows Phone dot com uh battle wagon is out, a very british catapult castle assault game uh doodle god which is nothing to do with doodle jump unfortunately it's all about alchemy you start with the four basic elements and you have to create 200 different things including life steam boilers uh and, and possibly an owl uh, and finally there's another free game coming out 50 gamer points only on this one it's called breeze it's a very gentle blowing a flower around a garden until it gets to the end of the level. All those are available in the Windows Marketplace, and you can search for them back at allaboutwindowsphone.com. Uh, Steve, you had an aside as well uh, from one of the comments that you wanted to address here, which was, um, why is the site all about Windows Phone and not all about Nokia? Yeah, this is from a commenter on my uh, my Lumia 800 camcorder review part. He says, how come the Lumia gets a big multi-part review, which is still not finished, by the way. We've still got three or four more review parts because we have plenty of uh, devices, which I'll come on to in a moment. He says, yet the HTC Titan gets a one-page review. I'm not bothered. It just gives more fuel to the fire, he says, to the statements that the All About moniker is really all about Nokia. Um, well, that that is, that is perfectly true, and it's a very good question. Um, the HTC Titan review, although it was, quote, one page, it was about like, 3,000 words. <laughs> it was a pretty long darn page, and it's a fairly comprehensive review. I welcome any, any comments on things I've missed out, and I can go back and revisit it. But the main, the core thing I wanted to address is the fact that we can only work with the devices we have. HTC Titans are in extreme demand at the moment, and the PR company could only let us have one for about a week, which means that we had to get the review done in that time frame. And that's why you had a single big review part rather than an extended series of tests as we put the device into, you know, real world use month by month, find extra things, write about them, review them and so forth. So that's why we're doing more detailed coverage on this Nokia Lumia 800 because we have two or three of the devices. And that's the main difference. As soon as we get an HTC Titan or radar for a decent length of time, you may see extra extra length uh, review coverage. Uh, and that, the same would go for any other manufacturers. Uh, basically, yeah. the longer we have them, the more we can write about them. It's Absolutely. a pretty simple... Di- it's, it's, it's like jazz music, isn't it, Steve? The more instruments you have, the longer you're going to play green sleeves for. So there we go. Uh, we've, we've had a busy show, so let, let's very briefly touch on this one because we did lead into the start. Um, as well as all those Xbox games, other releases, Rafe, uh, or, or anybody else who wants to be, Microsoft releasing the Xbox Live client SkyDrive and the game Connectables on iOS devices. Um, how do we read that one? Is this Microsoft hedging its bets? Is is it some sort of strange way of advertising out to the clients? Rafe, I'll come to you on this one first. Any guesses why they're doing this? Well, it's for the same reason that you would release Microsoft Office on Apple or indeed on Symbian. Uh, you want to reach as many customers as possible particularly with the more service-orientated applications, which, of course, something like Xbox um, is because it's actually interfacing with another Microsoft product. That's obviously even more obviously the case for SkyDrive. Uh, And services in particular, you want to be platform agnostic. Uh, Talking about Kinetimals, it's, it's slightly different, but actually that's a way really of extending the Xbox product. And again, you know, there isn't a reason to 
maintain it to one particular platform. And I, I think, you know, you're ridiculous if you ignore iOS because it is one of the very big mobile platforms out there. It has, more importantly, perhaps a lot of mindshare. So the perception of iOS is probably bigger than it maybe is in reality. Um, and so I think the strategy absolutely does make sense. Um, and I've always said that, particularly with regard to services, but I think you need to apply this to platforms as well, a willingness to be uh, open to having third-party services as well as services running on as many platforms as possible is the most sensible strategy because that allows consumers to make the choice uh, and ultimately putting restrictions on consumers will tend to irritate them and so having this uh, this element of choice is actually in the longer term in your interests. and for something like SkyDrive you know, that um, interfaces with the Windows as a PC, people want to be able to then access that on whatever mobile device they're on, and it would be rather short-sighted to just restrict it to Windows Phone, for example. And I think actually, you know, you can apply that just as much to the Xbox companion type applications, and certainly Kinetimals as well. So I'd expect this kind of uh, strategy to continue. What Microsoft, I'm sure, will do, will say, if you want the premiere experience, go and get a Windows Phone device, and they'd be right, because obviously SkyDrive is interfaced or directly into the office applications there uh, in the office hub but also in the camera application where you can automatically upload photos and things like that as well as of course the xbox thing is the application is actually better on windows phone and you get the whole xbox hub experience as well so i mean it makes absolute sense to me to be honest I'll be very interested to try this SkyDrive application on Windows Phone 7. Um, I've been tri trialing SkyDrive and Office Live quite a lot lately, quite intensively, and um, I found quite a few like holes and niggles with the functionality. For example, if you have a document um, on SkyDrive, you can only see it. Well, you can only um, see it on the documents list and pin it to your start menu if it's in the root directory of your SkyDrive. If you've moved it to a, a a subfolder to, to like file it away, um, you have to tap down into that folder to get it and edit it. Um, and there's no and there's no way in the Office application on Windows Phone Seven to actually move the file around. So I'm hoping that even though it'd be a bit of a clutch, it, that this application could actually cover some of those problems, so I can actually do some file management in SkyDrive to help along the Office application. And, and it's also interesting because the, the, the file system on Windows Phone isn't strictly your directory and file system that you're used to. It's like just a great big soup of ones and zeros all, all, all smashed together. So there's not that one-to-one -one relationship that you'd normally expect with the device as well. Uh, but it's certainly one to watch. I know Microsoft have been uh, working on this, and it's been in uh, beta for, for some time, um, at least uh, since Michael came out onto the public scene. And uh, we'll have a, a more in-depth look at that in the future on All About Windows Phone. Okay, uh, so our application <laughs> choice of the week. We'll find links to these back uh, on our website and uh, what have we been using what's intrigued us over the last seven days what might be worth you looking at very quickly as we run up to the end of the program and the start of the end credits david after that terrible pun tell me you have a way to save your dignity i do i have a great free application and it's nothing to do with google services um it's hey. called it's called it's ironically called Time to Read. It's um, it's a client for the Read It Later service, which is where you can dump web pages to read later in a plain text form, which is very handy and very nice to use. Um, I say it's ironically named because I never have time to read the things that I put in Read It Later. Boom, boom. Uh, there we go. Uh, Steve, what do you have? <laughs> 
Well, this is kind of more uh, more a mini review than a plug. I, I've downloaded Time Lapse Pro. I'm very very fond of doing a time lapse video where you take uh, set the phone to capture photos, say every ten seconds, and at the end of a, a few hours, you looking at a particular scene, you then collate all those photos into a wonderful, fast-moving video like you see on the television, uh, except the fact that it, uh, after you capture every single um, set of photos, it gives a sort of critical error at the top of the screen, and then it crashes. Having said that, um, it does actually save the, the, the photos, and if you then go back into the application, it'll actually play the time-lapse video full screen rather beautifully, so it does work, but it's got this big problem. And that the videos it then puts together, it doesn't actually save them as videos, they Get saved as hundreds of photos, assuming you're going to do your own video compilation later. So basically, it needs an update. It needs updating, it needs fixing, it needs a proper save video function adding as well. And I want to just give people a big tip listening to this. Don't forget about the marketplace updates. If you, you think an application shows promise, by all means buy it, download it, keep it on your phone. Then when it gets updated up in the in the Windows Phone marketplace, which you can access on the home screen of your Windows Phone device, at the bottom of the application screen in that, it'll say three updates, tiny little writing, tap on that. Oh, look, there's an update for Time Lapse Pro or whatever. Download it and it may well have solved the problem. So stay with some of the programs that they're still in their early development stages. They, they probably will get updated and they may well make you very happy indeed. And the other thing to do is tell the developers. Um, the about screens and contact details are in the marketplace as well as they should be in the about screens on the applications. Just because you think everybody else may find that bug, it might be something unique to your configuration. Um, and I know that uh, as a former developer, I'm getting an email going, by the way, I found this bug. This is how I did it. It's one of the most useful things in the world. And if there's lots of them, even yeah. better. So keep that up. Uh, I'm going to mention Skyscanner. Uh, this week, a local company based in Edinburgh, uh, they've been a web service for a long time. Essentially, you tell them which airport you'd like to leave and which airport you'd like to get to, and it will scurry off and look on all the websites out there. It'll look on the airline websites, it will look on places like Expedia and Last Minute, it'll look in some obscure East German ones, uh, but, sorry, ones based in the East of Germany, we don't have East Germany anymore, um, and all of that, and it will come back and it will give you all those options. Now, interestingly, Skyscanner doesn't sell you the tickets. It just acts as a referral agent. It takes the, the commission fees uh, for passing on that uh, customer, in case me, either through the website or giving you a number. Press here and you'll dial the booking desk of that. As, as you'll remember, there are a lot of traveling in the last two weeks. There's more coming up uh, in the start of the year. Norway, Sweden, Finland, Netherlands, uh, Austria, um, all of that. Uh, possibly even Albania uh, for Festival Ikengis. Um, so being able to compare all of the prices and see the routes and the airlines as well is a wonderful little thing. And it's now an application as well as a website. Uh, running on Windows Phone, it is really simple. It's really huge. Reviewed it a couple of days ago. Worth checking out. Okay, one to go. Rafe. Uh, the app that I'm going to feature this week is SSH Client Pro. Reason How I'm, techy are you? Yes, the reason I mentioned this is I actually used this this week to uh, fix a problem we had on the server. So if you're looking to get into a server or any other kind of SSH connection, um, I can recommend uh, this application. It's available in a pro version, which you pay for, and there's also a free version of the application. So for all the sysadmins out there, here's an application for you. 
So there we go. There's applications for everybody. We're up to 45,000 applications we passed this week, Rafe. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, we did a post on this on the site. Um, and actually a notable acceleration going on in terms of the apps being added to the marketplace. And we revised our estimate on the 50,000 mark to happen most likely in the first week of January, although Christmas um, may throw things off. And if it accelerates a bit more, it's just a chance it could happen uh, before the end of the year. So basically, if we're looking at a linear climb, we're looking at January. If we're looking at uh, a little curving climb in the continuation, we, they might make it by the end of 2011. Either way, the situation is looking healthy for software Windows Phone. The hardware is looking good. There's lots of people blogging about uh, Windows Phone and going how much they're enjoying discovering uh, the operating system, Metro UI, from new users to old users coming back to the system. There's a whole bundle of websites out there. We try and highlight the best of you in our flow section on the website. We bring you the best reviews, hardware, and news as well on our main features section all about windowsphone.com we also have our app marketplace uh, if you find an application you like there literally you should qr code scan on your phone hold it up press press scan and you get taken straight to the download uh, very easy to use hopefully uh, we've got everything there in place and uh, we're developers as well so if there's anything you'd like to see on the website or you've got any problems please email rafe rafe at allaboutwindowsphone.com and tell them what needs fixed any comments there you can uh, pass it to him he'll pass on to us but for now it remains for me to say thank you uh, to my elf rafe wanford thanks everybody for listening to the duran duran fan of steve litchfield <laughs> Goodbye, and I'm off to donate a few pennies to the Buy Rafe a Signature Tune for this podcast fund. Uh, and also, thank you to the uh, whole version of the Debbie Harry Appreciation Society, David Gilson. <laughs> Thanks, Ewan. And a little tip for everyone um, if you use Windows 7, drag the taskbar out to the left side of the screen, and it looks like Ubuntu's Unity desktop. Because people still use Ubuntu's Unity desktop. <sighs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. Bye bye for now.